Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 60 of the No Podcast. We are our No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast premier video game podcast. What's mm-hmm. left of No Podcast is us, the two remaining ones. Yep, we lost 50%. 50% No Podcast is down. Uh, this week, we've got some PlayStation sales figures along with some Nintendo Switch sales figures. It's funny they were announced at the same time. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts is getting some DLC. March NPD numbers are in. Um, I don't even know what to do with this one. <laughs> I even practiced it. Uh, the Epic Game Store has a little bit to say about their exclusive title gig that they're doing. For Steam, yeah. Against Steam. Against Steam. Polygon reports uh, crunch at Epic Games. That's a hell of an article, so I was going to go over some highlights. And there are two new Persona games coming our way, including a Persona for Switch. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Richard Bergman, joined tonight by Cesar Concepcion II. That'll be me. It's just yeah, us, baby. That's it. No more two of us. Nope. We start off the evening with some playoff basketball. We did. Who do we see? And what is the magnitude of the event? The Houston Rockets versus the Golden State Warriors in Oakland. I think they are moving to San Francisco next year, though. They're, are they still going to be? Well, they're still in the Golden State, so mm-hmm. I guess that works. Yeah. Are they building them an arena, or is there one existing? I think the arena's already been built. Specifically for them, or they're moving into like a vacated facility no, or I something? Think is, I think it's a new arena that was It's built just for them? them? Yeah. Cool. Because the one they're in currently is called, uh, hold it, Oracle. Oracle Arena. As in J.D. Edwards and all that stuff? Uh, Hava? Makers of Hava? Mm-hmm. Stuff that powers our Blu-rays? We use Oracle JDE. Oh, the developer ones? Java powers Blu-ray? Yeah. Like the little uh, menus and applets and all? Mm-hmm. Hmm. There's plenty to be made in that. Uh, so we watched the playoff basketball, and then we did some Skype testing. We did. We're going to try some call records. It's that time of the year where a lot of us are going to be uh, summertime. We'll be in and out, so we need to up our game so we can get everybody in here. That's why it's just the two of us. So we're, yep. trying to, we're trying to broaden our recording scope and not just include local broadcasts. Right, so that way we can get either Michael Russell in on choppy video and choppy sound. <laughs> choppy video. And it's like, if you have nothing to uh, add, Michael, you agree with us. Aww. <laughs> He's just there in choppy yeah. form. Aww. 360p Michael. Oh, oh god, 56k bond, um, 56k bond modem, Michael. We should be able to do this. U.S. Robotics, Michael. <laughs> 28.8k bond, Michael. Oh, we're going off on a tangent. Yeah. Tech tangents for 400. Yeah, it's just the two of us. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to get better at getting everyone into a recording, and I think that'll be easier with with Skype capabilities. Yeah, we've kicked it around before. I think we've even kicked it around on air. We just haven't like researched it and figured out how to set up calls and. Well, we remember we've done it before, and this the the audio only one didn't work out. We did it with Hangouts, and it didn't. It was just weird because we were always stumbling our. It was Google ourselves. Hangouts. Yeah, yeah. It seems like adding the video portion will be e- hopefully will be easier to have conversations and read off facial cues from us. We need to be able to see each other. Yeah, because we didn't know when somebody was going to start, when somebody was going to stop, or you know, if somebody needed to interject. Because if at least two of us are here, then you can probably use the webcam and pan us out for all that. I mean, yeah, it make, make it a lot easier for everybody. So that'd be cool. Yeah, we'll see. We'll go here. Maybe we might get frisky and record some of the videos and post it online. Maybe YouTube. I don't know. We'll see. A live podcast would be mm-hmm. awesome. I'd like to be able to take questions on here and stuff. Because literally, I do. <laughs> you used our Google uh, account uh, password one time, and that was the only thing I've had to like edit out of our podcast. <laughs> That was like a episode ten or something. Like that. Right, right, and it was funny, and we could have changed it, but the long know. beep. Yeah, 
well, I had to learn. <laughs> it was like forced learning just to figure that skill out. But uh, it's definitely something we can add. I know yeah. people want to watch us. They want to watch us record the episode. So it'd be cool to bounce questions off of people too. Most of us just moving around awkwardly. It's me picking up my beard and throwing your beard pubes on the ground. Mm-hmm. Decorating. That's what I call it. Decorating. <laughs> it's like you're building a nest up here. Yeah. It just adds up from the floor. And then we get a we get a family of birds eventually. Just coming in here and picking up your beard pubes. Just living in it. They're like, it's already done. I might as well sit down yeah. here. Lay eggs. That that would be interesting. All right, want to go into uh, just jump into news? I think this is gonna be a news heavy episode. I don't think either one of us has played a shit ton. I've surprisingly forced myself to play a lot of different things in shorter. You bursts. have some two new uh, new releases. I think that's gonna be a big deal. Yeah, it's not gonna be much though. I actually played the PS4 version of Mortal Kombat and the Switch version. You played both. Mm-hmm. Comparisons upcoming on this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on to your butts. I'm missing the cigarette. You want to jump into news? You want to start this one off? Yeah, I can. So, um, this was uh, what we were joking about last week about Andrew House. So, Sony did come out. And, uh, <laughs> that was good uh, foreshadowing we had. <laughs> yeah. Sony did come out and they just did their uh, worldwide shipments update. Um, and it is slowing down to 96.8 million uh, shipped. I think they updated it with December where they were like 91 million sold or... They did do a number where they were how many silvers are shipped. Um, Slowing down to ninety six point eight million. Yeah, it's it's they're 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 starting to take a hit. Um, so a, a total of and this is from Gematsu. This is a total of two point six million PlayStation fours were shipped during the third quarter. Which wait, is, wait, 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 wait! You're not reading it right. Oh God! Go ahead. You can do it. As a total of two point six. Two point six. It, oh god, it, Andrew House, get off the stage! You no, it, it goes off the rails immediately. <laughs> Most people ask me, like, "What the fuck are you trying to?" That's do? why they asked yeah. you to leave. Yeah, so please, sir, you're you're offending everybody here. Your two point six <laughs> is not welcome here. Two point six million PlayStation fours were shipped during the third quarter, which is up only zero point one million, which is what a uh, hundred thousand, which is not bad. Up is up. So yeah, Sony shipped a total of seventeen point eight million PS fours in the fiscal year twenty eighteen, which is down one point two million from the nineteen shipped in the fiscal year twenty seventeen. But twenty seventeen was a hell of a year for games. So, mm-hmm. but zero point three million more units in Sony forecast. So they predicted the downturn and it still hit above their numbers, which is good. Sony forecasts that it's going to sell less. PS4s uh, this year, which is going to be 16 million, which runs uh, fiscal year 2019, which runs from April 1st to March 31st, 2020. That's still a hell of a, a lot of PS4s at the end of the life cycle. And that would put them at, I think, 118 million, I think. And that will put them in third for console sales. Behind, who did you say? DS. DS is 150 million, and I think PS2 was 155. 155. I know they're close to each other. Yeah. Uh, I think a telling figure about that that point one million up from the same previous fiscal year, that same realm, is that this past year you had you had God of War and you had Spider Man, and those were two big first party heavy hitters. Yeah, some people didn't count Detroit, but Detroit was good. Detroit, I I just yeah. left it out. I was just thinking like, what were the big market market wise the big hitters on that? Well, I, that was what they were selling uh, apart from exclusivity. So I guess yeah. Outside of what the other consoles can get. Whether or not they were huge hits or not was a different story. I think, well, Detroit did well for them. It wasn't critically acclaimed, but... I wonder what those numbers would have been without those without those pack-ins, without those big bundles. It because is. a lot... I mean, when you already have... I mean, what did they have had? You know, when you already have 80 million PS4s out there, you already have a, a saturated base... 
for which to sell these big titles. I think they're just doing that thing. They're just doing the the, the coattail writing like they kind of did 360 last gen, where you had a lot of people talk about the console. Whatever yeah. new games come out, you're buying it for PS4. A lot of people that did buy Xboxes are talking about buying PS4s, and I always hear that at work. Like, yeah, I bought the Xbox when it came out, but now they're 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 getting the PS4 now. So you know. Hey, there's a ton of great games out there. So I, think, I would say if you jumped on either one, especially Game Pass with Xbox, you're catching up on some great games. I mean, now is the perfect time to get in this next-gen console since everything seems like it's going to be backwards compatible in the next couple of years. So yep. you'll be okay. It's almost cheap enough. I don't know. That actually already made a decision for me because, uh, me. bless you, a retailer had Soul Calibur 6 for sale this past week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, I could get it on PC, and I know it's going to be backwards compatible for the next you know, 10 years minimum. But then I was like, Mm, they just said PS5 would be. I'm yeah. good. Now I bought and I bought the PS4 copy. Yeah, I've always tends to see those uh, conversations. I'd always see like when Phoenix Wright was coming out. A lot of people would buy on PC or they're like, I buy uh, I buy in Switch version. I buy in PS4 version. But I'm also buying a PC one for archival usage, so I can yeah. just play across generations. So they yeah. would buy two copies and PC was always the one like I'll know this will play. I'm starting to be in that boat because yeah. I bought Rhyme for Switch. I think I've Rhyme for PS4, and it was what like three dollars on Steam the other mm-hmm. day. We got it in another bundle, but it's like, hey, three bucks, throw it its way and, and toss it in there. That seems to be my magic number with PC games. If it's ten or ten or less, I'll Easy. think about it. Five dollars is a no-brainer. So, did you get that Namco bundle we were talking about? The yes. one that came with Tekken, or I didn't go up to the Tekken tier. I, I did the, the Sword Tekken. Art. Yeah, okay, yeah. I did the same ones. I think one of them was a duplicate. I need to check with Michael and see which ones. Maybe one game in there I didn't have. Can't remember. Uh, rounding out that article, PlayStation Plus subscribers topped thirty-six point four million, which so, is up two point two million. Man. So that's a good source of revenue. And uh, PS4 software sold fifty-four point seven million units in the fourth quarter, which is up two point seven from the previous year. So right. maybe those, you know, those those games are carrying over for those systems that are out there. Forty-five percent of those sales were full game software digital downloads, compared to forty-three the previous year. So all this, you know, death of physical media talk we're hearing, that was only a 2% increase in digital sales. You know, that ain't too shabby. Yeah, not at all. There were also some Switch sales announcements. This is going to be the the analyst episode. But we like these numbers, and apparently listeners seem to also, so. Uh, Do you want to do the Nintendo stuff, or you want me to take this one? Uh, It's up to you. Nintendo, I do it. Nintendo's released its Q4 and fiscal year 2018 results. Uh, This is coming from uh, VG247.com. The author is Shabana Arif. Switch sales for the fiscal year ending March 31st are currently sitting at 16.95 million, falling short of the projected 17 million sales, but up 12.7 year on year. They initially forecast 20 million. This is what we were talking about in pre-production. Right. I think we talked about this at the end of last year that they, it was possible, pretty possible they would come short of the 20 million. So they recorrected a 17 and still came up. 16.95 is not shabby. Yeah. For the quarter, the Switch sold 2.47, and lifetime Switch sales are now at 34.74 million units. So I know they're past uh, Wii, uh, Wii U, and I know they're past GameCube. Is, does that pass N64 at this point? We need to look up and see. I'll go over the rest of them if you'll look and see how many 64 sold. I think they're closing in on it. For the upcoming fiscal year, ending March 31st, Nintendo, or March 31st, 2020. How many, how many they got sold total? Uh, 34.74, almost 35 million. It's close, let's see. Yeah, I'm GameCube say, is what in the 20 millions, right? I don't think GameCube's they got out there. like 19 or 20, I think. So they flew past that really quick. Wii U, what was the final Wii U number, like 13? Dreamcast is 10. 
Yeah, lifetime sales for 64 was 34.74 million. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Exactly 34.74? Mm-hmm. That's what they're reporting in this. So it's past 64. So the only thing it has to run down is Super Nintendo, Wii, and DS. We would be... Well, not DS. is a handheld. We would... Uh, we would Switch we would, is a handheld. Yeah. <laughs> we would probably be there. The Wii was under this PS2 and DS? Yeah, it was like 105 million, but it was also okay. in that era where it was like 83 million for PS3 and 84 million for Xbox. It was that weird seven-year era where a lot of people didn't know what was going on with gaming. Gotcha. Uh, lifetime switch sales by region: 14 million in the U.S., 8.2 in Japan, and 12.5 in Europe. 3DS also sold 170,000 units during Q4, um, which is down 60% from last year. So the 3DS is uh, is on its way out, of, I think, officially. And you noted a tweet earlier in, in pre-production. Who was that from? Who reported yeah, it? was an article in Kotaku where they did that Nintendo physical call where they said there is nothing to announce first-party-wise on Nintendo 3S. They said they will leave that up to third-party partners. Yeah. Which so is, I think, Atlas is the only one that has that Persona Q2. Persona Q2 is coming June. out. That's the only thing that's been announced now. So there's so. no new 3DS titles on the, on the horizon. Since they don't do sports games on 3DS yeah. like they used to, I mean, I don't see any right at this point. They like just write out what's out there. Madden and PES and FIFA and all that, they would keep those consoles, the evergreen consoles out. Because mm-hmm. I think you can get FIFA like 14 for PS2, I want to say. Yeah, certain regions kept going with yep. FIFA. Uh, sales of the NES Classic and Super NES Classic totaled 5.95 million units. We've contributed heavily to that. Uh, other interesting stuff, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the best-selling Switch title this year, and all-time with 16.69 million units. Taking the crown from Super Mario Odyssey, which was at 14.44 million units, and Smash Brothers, which just came out in December, is at 13.8 and in third place. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a hell of an attach rate for those three titles. Yeah, but Nintendo's always been good at doing attach rates with their first party. They are, but I don't think it's been this great. Zelda's up there. Zelda's in fifth with 12.7 million copies. Uh, and there's some 3DS. Mario Kart 7 has sold 18.26. Pokemon Sun and Moon at 16.515. And Pokemon X and Y at 16.39. So that's still a shit ton of copies of 3DS games. Uh, they also said in that same investor call that they don't plan to announce a new console at E3. And by new console, it's one of those rumored revisions that's coming up. Any thoughts on Nintendo sales? No. 3DS, are you content with uh, the 3DS going out the door? I I think we have this discussion here and there, but it's always no. fun to get little things at the end, like if Luigi's Mansion. That rumored, that rumored, like, a lot smaller Nintendo Switch comes out, then I think that'd be fine. Yeah. They don't need it anymore. If they can get it around 199 price point. The 2DS Switch is what you're referencing, like yeah. the maybe non-detachable... Some people were talking about 249 but I think they get it down to 199 but it's probably going to be like the same material that's kind of like the 2DS. It'll be a lower quality material. So If you make that one 199 do you make the current Switch 249 or do you, do you keep it at 299 I would imagine it would be different enough where you keep it at 299 They're still selling them. Yeah. Maybe throw a pack-in in, in 1-2 Switch or something. God, what a bad pack-in that would be. Mm, How sure. come that game's holding its value? Because it doesn't sell well. I don't think <laughs> they probably don't make that many of them. So. Oh, shit. Like the first batch. It's probably still on there. That game's probably going to be hard to find, believe it or not. You think so? Yeah, it's not like a Wii game where you had those like Wii Sports or something like that with those right. back-ends where they're right. everywhere like to sell the Wii Sports. Wii Sports will still sell, though. People still want that game. Wii Sports 2 will sell. Yep. Wii Sports 1 is a little bit cheaper to find. 
You're talking about Wii Sports Resort or something, mm-hmm. the, the second one they call it? That one required the Plus, so it's got a couple extra stipulations if you want to get four controllers around and play that one. Mm-hmm. We have some good stuff, man. I've been thinking about... I've read a couple articles recently about uh, emulation and that kind of thing and how good of a CRT, how good of a 240p signal you can get to a CRT with that. I know we both have uh, backed up games on our Wii. It'd be a cool thing to Most of mine, yeah, and it's not many on my Wii. You don't have many? Uh, most of mine are like the European Japanese games once I uh, ruined that software. Oh, yeah. Stuff that we didn't actually get. Yeah, like the Trace Memory sequel and that we didn't get that I loved on the DS. I remember Trace Memory coming out. Mm hmm. So when after I fucking Phoenix Wright, my uh, visual novel type games phase. That was the next one you played? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was eating that, that shit up alive. All right. Uh, Kingdom Hearts DLC. You want to go over that one? Yeah, we can. This one's from VG247, Stephanie Nunelli. Uh, we'll just go with that. I apologize if I got it wrong. Tweet at me if it's wrong. Please. That'd be great. Call me out. <laughs> um, Mention no podcast in your call out. No, yeah, you're right. This is during the World of Tree at Tres concert in Japan. World of Trees? Tres. How it's many like trees? Tres. Kingdom Hearts Tres. Three trees? Tres? The new DLC is similar to a final mix with an additional scenario called Remind. Accordance to error, which they reference on another article. <laughs> it features a, <laughs> li- the source. a limit cut episode in Boss's optional English voiceover for the Japanese version. A secret episode in Boss with more to be announced. Players will also receive a new form of Keyblade as a free download, I guess outside of the DLC. So the, this is actually paid, actual paid stuff? Outside of the new form in Keyblade, which is free there. Okay. Yeah, but this looks like I said, it doesn't say what it is. It doesn't say if it's a new world or just or what it does uh, or where the location is. So this game's gonna get a game of the year edition with all the DLC on it. Yeah, hopefully they'll do one for Final Fantasy 15, but I ain't holding my breath. Oh, there's already been a royal edition. What do you make this one? An and extra it's royal edition. Still the vanilla version. You have to download everything. So that's all that's on that royal mm-hmm. edition. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Glad I purchased that. And for download code that expires in 2099. It does say 2099 specifically. I believe so. That's amazing. Might as well get it and attach it to my account, right? Mm-hmm. Open it up. I have mine still because I already had the all the other bullshit. Kingdom Hearts 3's most recent update was the free critical mode, an option for those wanting more of a challenge. So I guess it's just a difficulty thing. You yeah. have not started Kingdom Hearts 3, correct? No, I'm still on Dream Drop Distance. No, not Dream Drop Distance. Uh, Birth by Sleep. And you put your quest to the side. For now, because I, when I beat Birth by Sleep, there's still two more characters <laughs> I have to go through. And it's like going through the same game again in different parts, and I'm like, ah, I don't feel like doing this right now. Yeah, so. you had to tap out. It was too much Kingdom Hearts. Well, I mean, if it was, it was, it was completely different. And I'll go through. It. Oh, that's cool. It's just, it's just like we're gonna make this game longer by forcing you to go with three players, and then they could get the full story. You got to beat them with all three. And I'm like, ah. play through the same thing with three different people. I mean, when you told us about that. I was like, nah. I, I'll get through it, but I have to be there. Right now, I'm in this this trails kick. Right now, I'm almost done with trails in the sky. Trails of the Kingdom Hearts. Trials of the Kingdom Hearts. Uh, next up, we're going to do some more analyst bullshit. Actually, we love this stuff. Uh, NPD figures are out for the month of March, and The Division 2 was the number one game. Division. Division Dos. I got a free copy on PC. I think Michael bought it for Xbox. Russell got it for Xbox as well. Correct. Did you get a copy of Division Dos? I did not. I will when it's 20 bucks. It was 40 this week, and I was like, oh, wait. You were close? I think the only thing I bought was Anthem for like 15 or something like that. You jumped on Anthem? Yeah, 15 bucks. You going to give it a go? Uh, it's still sealed. It's probably be like my Ghost Recon, which is still sealed. 
just get copies for every system and leave them alone. Yeah. Well, if I ever get the the itch, I might just pop it in there and find out. I just got a lot on my plate right now. Yeah. Wait till and we all not get a lot it. of time. Wait till we all get it. We can we can jam at it together. Maybe they'll have fixed it by then. Yeah. After that last update, they were talking about they kind of still fucked it up. So I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they will fix it eventually. Then we can play some. If they don't lose the player base, but I think it's like everybody at my job beat it in two weeks, got the end game, and they're like, no, fuck that game. They fell off of it? Yeah, they're like, fuck that game. I said, they released their stuff. I was like, nah, fuck it. I nope. saw what they did with it. I'm like, eh. like, I'm done with my time. Yeah, they were like, they'd rather just go back in Division 2. Then they just go back in the grind, they call it. The grind? <laughs> the open world playground? Whatever their pieces of light, like they got from Destiny, they had that same thing in there. <laughs> so that's all they're doing. Just grinding that shit? Yeah, just trying to get as high as they can. And that's all they talk about. So I got the 525. Like, oh, I thought the cat was 520. And they're fussing back and forth. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do that, man. It just that does not appeal to me in the least. There's I mean, not enough there to me to get to that point. There's something. I mean, most of my colleagues at work, if it's fun, they'll play. They just don't like variety in games. They're just like, hey. if it scratches the itch, that's what it does for them. That's they don't. Maybe that's, I'd that's be better off do. that way. Maybe they've got it figured out. They'll, yeah, there's certain people like us where we just try to play as much as we can, experience as much as we can. But I think uh, there's some people out there. It's like, I mean, I have. Like my um, my cousin, her husband, and the one in Arkansas, is, he he plays a, he plays a lot of games, but he doesn't play as much as me. He has a lot, but he always ends up playing World of Warcraft because he's like when I talk to him about it, I'm like, why do Warcraft? He's like, eh, scratch the itch. Yeah, he said it does what I want to do when I want to play games when I do have the time. So he's like, I always go back to it. It fires off the the right neurons in his brain. Yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, this is enjoyable. Hmm, yeah, this is my fix. Yeah, I'm good now. I should come back tomorrow for two more hours. Yeah, me after like a month, I'll be like, eh, I don't know, fuck this game. Yeah, I'll see what else is out. That doesn't there. matter how good the game is. After a month, I'm like, eh. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I'm gonna y'all do see me different. Sk- you all see me drop stuff within a week and move on to something else just to try it out. I almost dropped Days Gone. I'm like, mm. <laughs> ooh, we're gonna have hot impressions coming up. We'll Launch see. Launch week Days Gone. Turd impressions. Uh, the number two, <laughs> the number two game of March was Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. I think uh, you and Michael supported this one. I. Uh, yeah, dude. The um, HDR in the game is really good. By the it's way. well done. It's like Ghost of Tsushima good. I mentioned that last time, but it, I keep going back to it, and it's like, yeah, this is good. Overall, March 2018 is down 11% from March 2019. Which seems right, because there's always a downturn when the console's been out for a while. There is one. Software of hardware sales... Hard, sales of hardware, software, accessories, and game cards was $1.2 billion. And that uh, that is a decline in that segment as well. These figures are from Venture Beat. Uh, rounding up your top ten, you had Division Two, Sekiro, MLB Nineteen, the show, which was uh, that's the show franchise's best record or best month in sales. And but the reviews on that's been like the best show in years. I've been reading. I'm somewhat tempted to that one. I, I've literally read an article. I think is in the Us Gamer where the. the the editor-in-chief, she reviewed it. She, I think I can't quote her on it, but I think this is like the one to buy. If you haven't bought them in years. It's, Get this baseball game. Yeah. This seems like the, this is the one they've done the best of in this generation. Devil May Cry 5 is after MLB 19, the show. Which, Super, which will probably be 20 bucks around October. For sure. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers Ultimate, Red Dead Redemption 2, NBA 2K19, Grand Theft Auto 5, Yoshi's Crafted World, and Call of Duty Black, Black Ops 4. Any other notes in there? Kingdom Hearts 3 is not in that top list. Devil yeah. May Cry's holding on, man. 
And then, was it say, Division 2's launch sales are the sixth highest in Ubisoft's history. So far, it's the second best-selling game of 2019. Remember, they did this last year with Far Cry. They mm-hmm. jumped out of that lead with Far Cry. I think Far Cry surprised them, because I remember a lot... It wasn't as well-received as the other ones. And then, yeah, but it sold like crazy. Yeah, I think everybody just liked the gameplay. I think story-wise, remember, critically, it was... They said it was the weaker... One of the weaker it seemed ones. Seemed like a missed opportunity, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, and it was... Their storyline's kind of weird with the whole... There's a lot going on in the country around the time that's very similar to it, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to experience that in the video game. I try to get away from that stuff. Divisive behavior. You don't yeah. want to escape to something else that's charged like that. And I was wrong. People are drawn to gameplay. They just ignore the story. So It or worked. Some people did enjoy the story. Let's just put it that way. I don't want to speak for everybody. So It worked. Your top-selling system was a Nintendo Switch as far as March and for the Q1 of the year uh, in terms of dollar sales and system sold. The Switch remains popular, but rumblings of new Switch versions could also result in consumers being slower to buy systems. That's what VentureBeat notes, so we'll have to see if that rings that true. probably why Nintendo came out and said they were not uh, announcing anything anytime soon. Right. They don't want to slow down that role. Right, I mean, because they don't know if... I'm sure they're trying to figure out if they do bring out something, if they are, what, when they want to do it. So, is summer the perfect time, or do you want to get it out right before the holidays? So. Exactly. Alright, any other MPD stuff you want to add? Negativo. That's our normal rundown. Yep. Next up, uh, Epic says, this is coming from Polygon, Epic says it will stop store exclusive if Steam offers a better cut. CEO Tim Sweeney Todd says Epic could even bring its own games to Steam. Tim Sweeney Todd. Tim Sweeney Every time Todd. I see the name, I always think of uh, Sweeney Todd. You can't unsee it now. Fucking barber. Murder. Just like 343 Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> it lives on forever. Oh, God. Uh, so there was an interview. It was Polygon that reported it, wasn't it? I believe so. Because they also have a an, an Epic Games developed story coming up that we're going to discuss. Sunshine on Epic Week. Kind of is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Tim Sweeney Todd said the company will end the practice of securing exclusive games for its store if Valve, the company behind Steam, matches Epic's revenue share for developers and publishers. So, long story short, uh, when you publish a game on Steam, Valve takes... Uh, what's the percentage? 25% for games that earn more than $10 million through Steam and 20% for games that earn more than $50 million. Uh, Epix is like, it's not quoted in this article, but Epix is like 88 and 12, if I remember right. It is 12% they take and 88 to the developer. 88 to the developer. So through this, they've been able to secure um, digital distribution on PC for titles like Division. Um, what's the other big one? Metro was a huge one. And, and they passed the cost savings on to the consumer. It was ten dollars less. It was ten dollars less. It was forty nine ninety nine for this for this new game. Yeah. And uh, like I know in the case of Metro, it sold way more than the previous entry in the franchise. So it was a good move for all those involved. The developer at least. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Epic launched a game store in December. The company offered a more appealing revenue split for developers and publishers. Yeah, that is it. It is in there. I'm sorry. Taking just twelve percent of each game's sales. Uh, a lot of people are disappointed or upset by this. The reason this is even a story is because uh, it doesn't really bother me. I don't know if it bothers you, but I have like eight launchers on my desktop between mm-hmm. Origin, Steam, Discord, Epic Game Store, uh, Humble. Doesn't Humble have one? The Treasure Trove. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people want a, you know, if you buy a PC game, Steam has been synonymous with PC gaming and, and digital sales since they started. They, they brought this upon everybody, basically. And Epic is trying to step up and, and give developers and consumers other options. But like in the case of Metro, I know a lot of people had pre-ordered on Steam. 
And they were they were either refunded or they got the I guess they didn't get the game. Were they sent a code or how did that work? They were still released on Steam, I believe. They, they the pre-order still got it through yeah. Steam distribution. Okay, that makes sense. Because it's just has there been anything that's Epic Game Store only and has never come to anything else? They're basically exclusive it's launch the, deals. The Hell game, the one from uh, Bastion. The Transistor Bastion. Hellfire or something like that. Hades. Super Giant. Super Giant. That's it. It was Hades something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's Epic Game Store only? Yeah, because a, a lot of what they were doing was they were taking stuff that was on Steam and then removing it from Steam and moving it to Epic or doing whatever was pre-orderable on Steam and moving it over to Epic. Okay. Because remember uh, Axiom Verge they took from... That's right. It was the Steam, Steam, it was the Steam client because yeah. he took out every file that said Steam even though one of his songs had it in there. Mm-hmm. So my launchers currently are GOG Galaxy, Discord... Twitch, Origin, Epic Games Launcher, Bethesda.net Launcher, Uplay, and Steam. Yep. Eight. So I have seven up there. No, it is eight. You're mm-hmm. right. I did say eight. I never get that stuff right. Eight launchers. That shit doesn't bother me. If I know I have a game, I'll be able to find it somewhere. I'd like to come up with a method of synchronizing all that stuff and just knowing. I think there's actually applications that'll combine all the launchers. I don't know. A lot of people just like... You know, they, they bought a lot of their games for Steam. They just want to keep it on Steam. They also have uh, their Steam cards with Steam currency. So, you know, yeah. if you want to buy Metro and you have a Steam gift card, then you're kind of fucked if you didn't pre-order it before that deal went through. It makes sense. You know, people wanting to be in that one ecosystem and as much as PC they can. is synonymous yeah. with Steam. So, uh, While Epic has complete, competed favorably on revenue split, the company's store and launcher have lacked many of the features Steam users have become accustomed to over the past 15 years. I think it was bare bones in terms of like forums and like trading cards and things like that that people have come to expect. So that's part of the yeah, some quality of life part stuff. Of the push. Uh, Polygon wraps up the article. They say we've reached out to Valve for comment on Sweeney's comments and we'll update when the company responds. I doubt there will be a response because it's just Epic Game Store being in the news and they're also in the news as a developer on Fortnite Crunch. I'm gonna let you summarize this because this is a super long article that you mm. read. And this was Polygon's reporting by uh, Colin Campbell wrote this article. It seems like we've read stuff like this before on air, but this, I guess it's just going to keep happening until either unionization occurs or there's there's better rights for developers. Which they'll do once more people start talking about it. So, I mean, this and this, is what, that's the point of these articles, and this is why we talk about it. Yeah, it's just getting the conversation out there. So, I mean, this one's from Colin Campbell, like you mentioned, Polygon. They went in there and they did their own like uh, kind of investigative uh, report. Kind of like uh, Jason Schwar does a lot of. Um, so he's they went, a beast at that usually, but he's a Kotaku writer, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is why it was kind of odd, but they went into great detail in this one. A lot of other sites were referenced in this one. So they went in there and they went through and they interviewed a bunch of Epic uh, employees and contractors. Uh, some that are currently work there, some that are, that are no longer working there anymore. So they just get a good pool of what's going on. And so the, they say that they worked regularly in ex- excess of uh, 70 hours, with some of them reporting 100-hour weeks. Um, they did. They did note that while there officially was voluntary, but it was still expected by them. So it was kind of like uh, they wouldn't tell them they had to do it, but they would always heavily imply. Uh, you know, some people's like, if I were you, I would sit back down and continue to work. That type of situation. That's all. You could go home. You've worked forty-five hours. I'm not saying you should need you to stay. You could go home. Yeah. But that, or you know, hey, yeah, yeah, go ahead. But um, Richard's going to pick up the work he didn't do. Yeah. The guilt so, trip. Mm-hmm. You can go. 
but that's what they mentioned in here. They saw a lot of uh, a lot of the workers didn't go home or didn't go on the weekends or they stayed because they didn't want their work. The work was going to get done either way. It was going to get passed on to their fellow colleagues. They didn't want that to happen. So the problem is, is the way that uh, Fortnite runs, and this is mostly uh, a lot of it is for Fortnite and the Unreal Engine, is that a lot of times to keep the content fresh, they needed people there um, working on the new content and updating it constantly. And that's why you always have these new updates like almost every week to keep it fresh, keep people coming in there and playing uh, Fortnite. Yep. Oh. It's because they're adding on there, but then when shit breaks, you need them there to to do that same amount of work. So it's just nonstop work. Um, not only has that hurt, I mean, Fortnite's not seeming to wane in po- in in popularity, but it seems to have hurt not only these employees but other games in this genre mm-hmm. as well. Because the the ships that are uh, PUBG and Apex, you know, they're not. I I don't know if they're putting their their crews through this kind of grueling work week and all. But they don't change features as quickly as Fortnite mm-hmm. does. There's not these massive map changes and you know live events that happen inside the game and stuff and such as that. Yeah, because we see it, we're like, oh, cool. But you know, we don't know what's going on in the back end. So yeah. Um, so they go into details like uh, they, the apparently the the turn turnover over there is pretty high. Um, they tend to hire contractors because they don't want to commit to somebody unless they're they show they can commit to working there. It's that top environment. So like. They'll have some people like, I'm just working when I'm scheduled to work, and they would not renew their contract. Um, so it's like... See out there, I think they are specifically getting contractors this way. Yeah, I think that's a, they don't have FTEs or anything like that because of that. Or as they put in the lingo out there, full-time employees. This quote stuck out to me. The executives keep reacting and changing things, said the source. Everything has to be done immediately. We're not allowed to spend time on anything. If something breaks, a weapon, say, then we can't just turn it off and fix it with the next patch. It has to be fixed immediately, and all the while, we're still working on next week's patch. It's brutal. I hardly sleep. I'm grumpy at home. I have no energy to go out. Getting a weekend away from work is a major achievement. If I take a Saturday off, I feel guilty. I'm not being forced to work this way, but if I don't, then the job won't get done. Yep. Or as you pointed out, someone else earlier on said, you know, it they it would be known that their work would be dumped on their coworkers, and they just didn't want to they didn't want to have to put that on someone else. Yep, and they said management was very standoffish. I mean, they wouldn't tell you. I mean, they wouldn't tell you how to do it, but they gave you that. They made sure it's well known that what they expected of you without having to tell you. So they support seven platforms. I forgot that yeah. Fortnite was just on just about anything. Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes into details about the, it's just about the crunch life and just, you know, how, you know, it just goes through and just, it can ruin you. And if you, you I mean, you're just trying to work in this industry, you do what you can and it's just, it just it stinks, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, there's other, and people argue that there's other jobs out there that does the same thing, but yeah, that's true. But, um, but you know, it has to be known. And Sounds like they're always in crunch. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it would be for them as well. And I think um, I remember seeing a tweet from uh, Josh from Limited Run. He he used to work on the Gears games, and he said that he was there in the crunch time, and it was like that. That was epic as well. Yeah, he said it. He said it was handsomely paid. He said, "Don't get me wrong, they paid him for his overtime, but he said there was four to six month periods like that where he was just all in on Gears. And that's why he got out and did his own company and his wow. own games because you know he has family and kids, so." So you and I are used to fielding calls for customers and trying to repair things and this, that, and the other. Here's another quote. A source who worked in customer service dealing with player questions and problems said, we went from maybe 20 to 40 tickets a day to about 3,000 tickets Mm -hmm. a day. It's insane. Such a quick... I mean, this is the flip side of that phenomenon. Like, Fortnite was supposed to be this 
crafting, survival, save the world type thing, you know? And then I remember, I don't think we were on this podcast, but I know me and you were tweeting or, or texting at the time. Like, Fortnite's trying to do the PUBG thing? Like, what is what is that? And it look what it became. Yep. Just a crazy phenomenon. Another one right here. The crunch is consistent. We work typically 50 to or 60 hour weeks, upwards of 70 hour weeks on occasion. One source who worked as a contractor in quality insurance said, if I got to the end of an eight hour workday and I turned to my supervisor to ask if I needed to stay on, they often look at me as if I was actively stupid. And officially, you don't have to keep working, but in reality, sit back down. We'll be here for a while. Mm. If you did not do overtime, that was a mark against your character. Another source said the contractors who declined to work long hours were often replaced. You're on a contract. It could be three months. It could be a year. But if you didn't do the extra work, it was most likely that your contract wouldn't, wouldn't be renewed. All management wanted was people who were disposable, said a source. The situation was come in, do as many hours as we need you. They put the contractors in a situation where if they didn't do the overtime, they knew they were not, they're not coming back. One senior guy would say, uh, yeah, would say, just get more bodies. That's what contractors were called, bodies. And then when bodies. we're done with them, they're just we'll, numbers. Well, we can just dispose of them. They can be replaced with fresh people who don't have the toxic nature of being disgruntled. It's not a way to run a company. It's going to catch up with them at some point. That's the thing. At some point, it will overrun you. The best thing about these being reported is that uh, that it's out there. That it's going to have to be a discussion. Uh, we talked about the Bioware one a couple weeks ago, and I know there's been some talks within Bioware since then. They've, yeah. come, they've come out. I think they did an internal thing, yeah, like where they got everybody it. together and like, all right, what's the problem? Let's, let's try to clean it up because they got Bioware's in that, that bubble right now where... EA might want to do something with them, so that's why that rumor is going around that Microsoft might should you know hey go buy Bioware you know. This last quote, honestly, it sounds like something from retail that I remember doing in my retail days. I remember humping it and having to clock down my hours work just to try to make it. Uh, this quote says the younger people are especially vulnerable. Said one source, I try to tell them to go home, but they say I want to get on and be promoted. I need to be here to do that. The competition's very high. They are ambitious and they think it's fine to work a hundred hour week. Not good. So hopefully this uh, this gets talked about. What what do you think Fortnite could change other than? I don't know. They're a cash machine. They opened up a freaking di digital distribution store based off of the the cash flow they had from this game. All of a sudden, it's probably just. I mean that nothing needs a better operating model. It seems like. Is it less updates? Like, do you have a quick fix? Maybe I mean, you, can, a, you can keep it there, but you're gonna have to probably get more people divided up more departments and have more dedicated groups of certain uh, aspects. I don't know how the, the enters of a game, uh, video game company run, so I can't really speculate on that, but... It's true. Just outside of what I would look at it, I mean, at some point you have to get enough to offset how much money you're making and just say, okay, we're going to have to spend a little bit more and... In investing know, in people? Yeah. And, and then, expecting you know, less? Try to get everybody as we can as close to 40 hours a week and get as many people as we can in here. Or... I don't know, man. Just if they if they need people at night, you know, staggered shifts. You know, we have that in my job where we have 24 bar, twenty four by seven locations, and we have just certain people who do you know four tens, and but they do blood hours, like just to make sure you have coverage. Like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday it sucks, but then they're off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, but right. you know, you just give and take. So it just all right. depends. Hopefully, there's a solution. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we're talking about uh, major changes at Epic Games. Try to figure that out. All companies, hopefully. Cause I mean, Across the industry, you're right about that. Yeah, because with that Mortal Kombat 11 stuff leaked out after that, when they said there was crunch time there too. So I totally forgot about that article. Yeah, Nether Realm was put through the ringer. Yeah, we could have referenced that one, but it would just be another crunch story. 
Yeah. They're out there. Um, best of luck to everybody affected by that. Persona 5 is coming to the Switch. I can't wait to play Persona 5 on my Switch, Cesar. Sure. Am I getting the vanilla Persona 5, or am I getting the newly renounced Persona 5 The Royal Edition? Let me help you out. Go go to the store, buy a copy of Warriors Orochi 4. Yes. Rip off the tag, put Persona 5S, pop <clears throat> it in your Switch. I don't have that one. I don't want to spend any money. Can I just do Hyrule Warriors? You can, or you can do Fire Emblem. It's the Wii U version. Still works? Yeah, sure. I'm good. Golden. Yeah, yeah Persona 5 on your Wii U now. Persona 5S, which everyone was fired up about being a port of Persona 5 to the Switch, is indeed actually called Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers, and it is a Omega Force, Musou-style mm-hmm. Dynasty Warriors game. And is also on PS4. <laughs> <laughs> PS4 and Switch. Uh, joke's on you. Yeah, I've got it. You know, this is, I love video games, but this is the one generation I hate. Why games, is that? Just the the nonstop mandering for set consoles. I can't say it's all just Switch. Cause there's there's certain people out there that does it for PS4 too, and I'm like, come on, we're better than this. I think it's just the age we live in with everybody throwing their ten cents into everything. Mm-hmm. They always have a comment. It's so easy to just be a keyboard warrior and say whatever the fuck. It's you probably want. why I don't play my Switch that often. I look at that thing, I'm like, eh, you disgust me. You've been carrying your Switch everywhere. Get out of here. Yeah, but if my most played... Both games you're going to talk about are Switch games. Most... Days Gone, which is coming to Switch soon. My most played Switch game is... Hulu. System settings. <laughs> it's Hulu with 700 hours. Mine is still Zelda, a game from two and a half years ago. And, and my, my second one was Zelda, which only has 35 hours. And it's going to get overlapped by Xenoblade. So I got uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Chronicles at some 2 point. eventually. So what's funny is I actually, what I do is I actually take my Switch out and put Hulu on there and just play that while I play my P, uh, PlayStation Vita. <laughs> how many, this, uh, how many concurrent Switch. streams do you get on that? Mm, like six With the Hulu plan. Like you do get six? I think. Because YouTube TV went from six to three. So I'm hunting alternatives. Um, do you have any interest in Persona 5 Scramble? The Phantom Strikers is the official subtitle. Is this going to be your Musou game of choice? Uh, there's so many of them, I don't care. Did I, you enjoy Persona enough to want to play these characters in the Musou? I, I will when it's $20. So you're not a day one adopter? Probably not. Okay, the Ver- this info is from The Verge. For fans more interested in a traditional Persona experience, Persona 5 The Royal is the game you're looking for. Yep. The trailer shows off the newest thief. Kasumi Koshizawa, a gymnast who transfers to Shujin Academy around the same time as the game's main character. The Royal also adds extra time in the form of the game's third semester. Did it need to be longer? In addition to more features, um, including... I think they skipped over a lot of the third semester. If I'm wrong, Michael will probably have to correct me. It's been a while since I played it. Um, It's getting PS4 Pro enhancements is one thing that I did see. Which is crazy because it can make the game even longer. The game was already almost 100 hours just by itself. I'm like, well, it makes sense because, I mean, even Persona... Uh, for no Persona Three and the FES was when they came back and added all that extra content was like an extra thirty hours or something. Damn, that. that's okay. the one I got for PS Two in there. Which is funny because every time I read it on there, and Michael probably would be different about it, but uh, I will say otherwise. But I, I always read the articles where a lot of people recommend, and he's, he'll say blasphemy recommend because there's always arguments about whether they should play Persona Three portable or play Persona Three on the PS Two. <laughs> And a lot of people's like, well, if you do the portable, you miss all the new content on the FES. So a lot of people were, were saying, well, play it, Persona 3 Portable. Play that one, and then go on YouTube and watch the new content. Because it says ah. it's actually like 30 hours of gameplay, 
but it's only like five hours of story watch. So you could you know just watch mean? a summary. They said and it was, it was nonstop grinding. Everybody complained about was okay. to get the. They said it was worth it, but it was just a lot of grind, and they were like, "Yeah, it kind of killed people." They said to just watch the story on YouTube. YouTube, baby, we have access to that. Everybody will say otherwise, but yeah. <laughs> I, I just seen that's what I've read. I don't know. I don't have an opinion in it because I didn't play Persona Three like that. So they do announce uh, the Verge article wraps up mentioning Persona Five Dancing in Starlight, which is out. Uh, the upcoming Persona Q Two New Cinema Labyrinth, which you mentioned, as possibly the last, maybe the last 3DS game, or we get something crazy around the holidays. And Joker's recent addition to Super Smash Brothers. Persona Five The Royal launches in Japan this October, and the game is headed stateside in 2020. Okay, so apparently, to answer your question, is a live. I was wrong. As a live TV subscriber, you'll be able to stream from two devices at one time. Oof. However, there is an option, and I'm not sure how much it is. You can do unlimited screens. That may be an option. I don't know how much that is, though. What devices support uh, Hulu TV? Everything. Switch, Fire Stick, PS4, Xbox, Roku. Roku. Yeah, that's all you need. PS4 would not not to the back. It's only standard Hulu. Not Hulu Live. They won't do the Hulu Live TV. Mm -hmm. They don't want anybody uh, buttoning in on their PlayStation View. I think PlayStation View is the only one on there that does the live TV. On would you be interested in trying out the PlayStation View? I had somebody at work try it out, and they said it was pretty good. But I'm, if I'm paying that much money, I'm doing DirecTV now because you get more channels. Than PlayStation View? Than all of them. I think the biggest thing now would be splitting the <laughs> bill and concurrent streams. That's my... Don't cross the streams. Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm paying any more money, dude, I'm I'm getting more channels. I mean, fucking DirecTV now you can get Comedy Central and all those Viacom channels. So I'm like, if it gets up to that point where I'm paying that much money as DirecTV now, I'm. I'm I want to say we tried that and we didn't really like it. I'm going through it. I don't know. We got some dude at work who does it and he loves it. He just we sit there and watch a, a lot of the basketball games there with it. Works well. All right, sir. You ready to go to games played? The long list of games played. Yeah. I'm going to let you do it because you have the hottest new impressions, and I have two <laughs> old ass games that I just popped into the coop off with. Yeah, that happened. There are days like that. Would you say you've had uh, days gone like that? I. What games have you played, sir? So I'll go ahead and start out with. Uh, I did play some day go Days Gone. I didn't play much. You posted a hilarious video, which was, was like, okay, what's happening? Fuck that game, man. Uh, Did you die at the end of that? Was yeah, that instantly it? I f flew up and died on the bridge. It was like a PUBG bike thing. <laughs> well, it's... Crashed into a tree. There's a point in the story where you... You see the story kind of start out, and... Um, so what I've, what I've seen of it looks like a cross between Sons of Anarchy and The Walking Dead. Story-wise, yes. That's how they're pitching the story. Game, how does the game Gameplay-wise, it seems like Uncharted and Last of Us. Okay. It seems like a very Naughty Dog type game. You, Those would be two good ones to mimic. Um, I, you get the little loading logo with the ring at the bottom right, which is very Uncharted-like. And there's a crafting mechanic in the game, which is uh, kind of like a mixture of... Horizon, Tomb Raider, and Last of Us. I like Tomb Raider. Where Raiders. you pull up the wheel, and you can go through the wheel and craft different items. You can craft bows for your, your crossbow. And then uh, it does have, and if you press in the R3 stick, which is similar to Assassin's Creed's uh, Eagle Vision, as well as Horizon Zero Dawn has something similar to once you get that uh, that 
visor for alloy. Oh yeah. So, or a uh, Tomb Raider. We're kind of popped up. Thing. Like, oh, you can pick this out and pick this out. Yeah. Same thing with Tomb Raider. It's that same whole thing. Cool. So, I yeah. like that mechanic. Yeah, it's, it, I don't think it adds anything new to the gameplay out there. It's a, it is a really, uh, people like graphic games, it is a pretty game. It does use HDR, H, uses HDR very well. Um, That's good. I don't think I've, I got maybe about three hours into it. I just don't know if I, I'm not a big fan of uh, Sons of Anarchy. I'm not a big fan of Walking Dead. I'm not sure how I'll relate to these characters. Um, I'm kind of like forcing myself to play, so I don't know. But then again, I, I'll i keep my judgments to myself as I get further, because I felt the same way about Uncharted 4 and I felt the same way about Horizon there's always something about open in open world games that I have to kind of like force myself to get started until I finally get into it and, gotcha. and it's never something that captivates me in the beginning so. gotcha but um outside of that I mean the story just you, you, without going into details it just starts off at a certain point where it seems like another zombie apocalypse type situation nothing new um, then it jumps forward a certain amount of time ahead, and you're kind of dealing dealing with this fallout, and it's all taking place in the Pacific Northwest, I think Oregon. It's where it's it looks place really at. wooded from yeah. the clips, and, and it rains a lot. Stuff I've yeah. seen. So I mean, it's okay. We'll see. We'll go there. Um, what is your What is your moment to moment gameplay like? What are you doing in Days Gone? Are you just trying to? Right now, I'm just going through the story. I don't think I've haven't gone to the point where it opens up. I mean, right now you're just kind of it, you meet your partner in the game he kind of helps you out uh i think it's called booze man is his name very sons of our anarchy name yeah um that's his code name it's kind of like a, they all work on bikes i'm just wanting to a settlement now where i'm meeting somebody looking for an item so right now it's still kind of in the tutorial introductory uh, phase because yeah. it hasn't opened up the game to me yet or because it is an open in a game open world game where i can kind of go around i haven't gotten that part yet it's kind of forced me to do the story yet it hasn't opened up the game yet for me to do it yet i probably probably get at the two hours before it does that you're a big story person. Is the uh, the story as it carries on? Is that going to keep you going? That's the only or? thing that I'm not really feeling right now. Now the guy does the voice acting for Deacon is very good. Yeah, uh, he does it very well. So uh, the sarcasm and all that kind of stuff, he does a good job on there. So uh, so there is there is some promise there. Yeah, you're going to we'll, see it through. We'll see. I'm I'm trying to keep a lot of the reviews in my mind because a lot of reviews said it was kind of average. Um, but we've, uh, like, I retweeted somebody saying that we've enjoyed, personally on the podcast, a lot of these, like, 7.5 games. Like, The Order, Wolfenstein, they weren't, like, highly reviewed. They were just kind of a middle of the middle yeah. of the pack, critics-wise. And we loved the hell out of them. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, this is this is a weird one, because, you know, like not every studio is going to produce like that. So, you know, it's like the it's the same thing I always look at when every Marvel movie comes out. Like, which one they're going to, which one's the one everybody's going to shit on? You can't make A's all the time. Exactly. You can't surpass each other, so... This is Sony Ben now. They have some. They have some chops. This is your siphon filter studio. Yeah, and um, a lot of the and based off the reviews I said on there is that this game plays very differently than what was showed or what the direction they're going. It seemed like they scrapped what they wanted to do with the game and they kind of like picked the point like, all right, this is this is where we're gonna be able to do with what we got. And I gotta they just kind of cut back on there. It's what a lot what I've read. I don't know because I haven't played any of the original content or what it was gonna look like because yeah. it seems like a lot of people prefer what. The original uh, vision for that game was going to be well. Remember, they unveiled it at one of those E three events that we were able to go to at the theater in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it was it reminded me of like a Dead Rising. You just have you have these massive amounts of zombies mm-hmm. rendering and following you and chasing you up ladders and all that kind of stuff. You haven't encountered that. No, sort of I think they call them, they call them hordes in the game, but I haven't got. Like I said, I'm still in the tutorial phase. I mean, you have these. Uh, uh, I think they might be called. They're not freakers or something like that. They they're. They're pretending to be freakers where they shave off their body hair, their eyebrows and everything. They mutilate themselves and they pretend like they're one of them. And they're trying to kill the 
But they're like actual the people? Yeah, they're actually people who can actually talk and think and stuff like that. Oh, God. So, I mean, there's, there's other things out there, but it's it's a bit odd. That's so. the faction within the uh, the faction. Mm-hmm. The evil. The true evil that's out there. It's like, yeah, it's, they're trying to look like them, but they actually have full thought. They look like they're in a cult. Like, there's ah, cult people where they, like, go all brainwashed and stuff like that. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll see what happens. I already talk, popped the discount, so I'm like, mm. Did you return it? Did you take advantage of the GameStop Negative. program? Mm-hmm. You did not. Yeah. I was tempted. I was in there on Friday, and I was like... Uh, but I knew how busy our weekend was because I was going to get it and play it for maybe a day, try to get like three or four hours into yeah. it and take it back and see how the program goes. Just to see how the whole transaction all takes place. Yeah. Just buy, moving on to something else. Hey, you buy the game, take it back and get trade credit and it's enough trade credit to buy another new game. So yeah. you could potentially, depending on how far out they are, you could potentially roll it over to whatever the next one is. Because they haven't announced their next guaranteed to love it game, have they? We know it wasn't Mortal Kombat. No, I'm sure they'll do big games, so. I'm pretty sure when April MPD stuff comes out, we're talking about Mortal Kombat 100%. Yep, I agree. I was in three separate retailers within about mm, five or six hours, and I saw probably ten Mortal Kombat's either be asked for or sold. So it's it's flying out, yep. especially on Switch. But I see that's your next game played. It is Mortal Kombat 11 well done. I didn't see what you were doing there. Finish him. And that's also another one. <laughs> I can keep it going. No, let's not. Um, You're right. So I, I I was able to play the PS4 one. That's the one I bought, that, which also does use HDR, which does look gorgeous, by the way. It looks um, good? Yeah. Well, HDR, I, don't, I can give a fuck, fucking rat's ass about 4K, but HDR all the way. Um, HDR is where it's yeah, at. HDR, 1080p, HDR, 480p. I don't give a fuck. All right, let's go. 480p, yep. HDR. As long as it's HDR. Make it look like it's on a CRT yep. again. Make my colors pop. Whoa. All right. Uh, outside of that, I've gone through the tutorial. I started the story a little bit. It plays like Mortal Kombat. It's a good, smooth game. I like it. It's uh, it moves fast. It moves quick. Um, I mean, there's not much I can say about that. I mean, I can go to the Switch version. I did play the Switch one. It does. It plays just just as well. It's fast and quick. It does. Um, the graphics does take a huge hit. Um, I would imagine. Did you play Doctor Portable? Uh, both. And they it plays smooth. That's all that matters, yeah. gameplay wise. It's a, uh, I read I read somewhere where they're saying that's a, that the Switch version was a good practice game. That was it. That was all it's good for. Um, the practice. I think game. The, the only thing that takes a hit on on Switch, from what I've read, I, or I watched the Digital Foundry breakdown of it. it there's certain there's certain points in gameplay it drops down to 540p, mm-hmm. which on that screen, you're not really going to be able to tell. Like you were just joking about 480p. Yeah. It's still going to look clean. The fact is the frame rate stays solid on the fighting game. I think the biggest argument is like from what I've read in the articles I've read that they say it's, it's good for people who just play the game professionally and practice on it. It's because yeah. the, you can't do much unless you get connected to the internet. It kills it a lot for the game. There's a lot it wants to connect to the servers and updates and you just can't do much until it does it. Gotcha. So you're stuck. But who's not got a console online these days? I mean, if you're, it does the, happen. If you're out in the middle of a car playing it or you're in a bus or you're in a plane. or So just make sure you update before you go? Yeah. Uh, or you, from what I've seen, you can only get to a certain part, and then that's that's it. You gotta wait to get to the internet. So it just all depends on the situation. So I did see the crypt mode, you know, where you were like wandering around trying to pick up stuff. Mm. Somebody was joking that that's their favorite new, their new favorite N sixty four game. Like it was a lot of fog, and it wasn't rendering certain things right. Mm-hmm. Real basic looking. I haven't gotten the crypt at all yet. You haven't so checked out the crypt. I, on I'm the... still doing tutorials in the game since giving me currency. I haven't gotten yet and gotten into that madness. Are you playing the Switch one with your D pad? That D pad. Um, Joy-Con you have, or are you just using the regular buttons or or the stick? Just the What's your preference? Uh, Pro controller. 
I, I mean, I only play a little bit on the. Uh, I play with the analog, but almost you know me. I mostly play my Switch games as docked anyway. Yeah. So I bring. I may bring my Switch everywhere with me, but I don't. Not necessarily breaking it out. Now, if they come out with a smaller Switch, all right, let's go. You're in. But that thing's too fucking big. So <laughs> it's like holding a tablet up. I don't. Yeah, I don't. It really is. I'm. T- I don't know what I am. I don't know if I'm too old. I'm just I'm something for that. Can't do that. So, what's your favorite things about Mortal Kombat? Story, gameplay. Story's wacky. Is it is time travel based? Um, yes. You got older versions. God bless Mortal with the Kombat. New ones, and it, it works well. And it seems like uh, it's kind of changing up the the story dynamic. It starts it out fresh, so it's pretty good. But the gameplay is very very smooth. It's a uh, very Mortal Kombat ish. I like it. So that's what you want. Mm-hmm. It's why it's in the Evos. So they made another one. Yep. You think this will be the top uh, fighting game for the year? This will be the one. Mm, I don't know, man. There's no Street Fighter on the horizon. There's my no Tekken big, on the horizon. My biggest one's going to be Samurai Showdown. There is a new Samurai Showdown. That's the one I'm actually looking for. But to. can it take the mass market appeal of, say, a, a Mortal Kombat? I don't know. It's an evil. There's so many fucking people buying Mortal Kombat. It is an evil show, though. So uh, Samurai Showdown is? Yeah. When is evil? I got into that last year. Summer? July? June? Soon? We should watch some of those. It has to be July, because I think that's why they're trying to get Samurai Showdown out before... They want to get it out. It's not one of those. Hey, it's gonna come out. Let's well, I think uh, it's it's coming out on. Don't quote me if I'm wrong. It's coming on PS4 and PC first, mm-hmm. and then it's coming out on Xbox and Switch later. Switch is the longest one. Gotcha. So, but I think they're trying to get it on some console before that Evil Show. Gotcha. Somebody's got to practice to play it on the Evil Show. So. Yeah. Or unless it just goes out to people beforehand. Yeah, that's true. You can um, Super Mario Brothers three like the Wizard. Bring uh bring Mortal Kombat over. I want to give it a shot. I've been I've been getting that fighting game edge here recently. I don't. I'm not even good at fighting games. I just want to try them out and I wanted to learn them, but it's like so technical. And I have Tekken. I'm sitting on. I just bought Soul Calibur. No, don't don't bring Mortal Kombat over. Yeah. I want to buy it. I'll see something crazy, some crazy fatality, and I'll be like, Yep, I gotta have this. And the only thing I didn't get through is um I did talk to my cousin Renee. He he bought it for the Switch as well. And, okay. Um, he was showing me that you it's fully customizable fighters. So you can go through and customize their oh, their walk-ins and their victories and stuff like that. That's cool. So and there's like different options and stuff like that. So it's a very customizable game too. So is he a longtime Mortal Kombat fan? Yeah, he's what, probably been playing longer than I have. What does he think of this one? Uh, when I asked him, he said it was pretty good. Yeah, I think he bought it on the Switch. I think he said he eventually he's going to buy it on the PS4. He just bought it on the Switch because he's a truck driver. He's on the road a lot. He drives so, a lot. It's yeah. a perfect use case for him. Yeah. I'll be curious to hear, you know, what he thinks of it a couple weeks in and, and see if it you know, stacks up against uh, other, more, other more combat. He hasn't played it for much, but I'll ask him once he gets back and he should leave out of town again soon and I'll ask him once he gets back. So That'll be cool. What else have you played, sir? Uh, I actually went and bought Sword of Ditto. I've been wanting to play it. They dropped it on the yeah. Golden Week sale for $10 and I said, fuck it, why not? Let's so, give it a go. Yeah. This it, is that Zelda-esque game, right? It is 100% Zelda. It's 100% Zelda. Yeah, it's... We got it through... We have it on one of those launchers, I think. The Discord uh, store or something? Twitch, maybe? Maybe a Twitch game. Twitch we have. Prime? Yeah. Yeah, if you want to give it a chance to try it, Fired Up's pretty good. Actually, it's pretty fucking good. It's really? very uh, similar to like a Link to the Past. Yeah. Um, How does the story. We know the you, gameplay is like, if you know what Link to the Past yeah. is. Yeah, uh, you, you play as a character called. Uh, that thing is a ditto. It's a ditto. Somebody who is kind of like Zelda, where they are reincarnated every hundred years to fight uh, another evil being, which is, I think is Mormo every hundred years. It's an endless cycle. Okay. So you start at the game and you actually lose, and then you have. So a, like, there's always a Zelda. There's always a Link. There's yeah. always a Ganon. Kind of like this. Gotcha. I don't know if there's a Zelda in this one, but there's. This is kind of like just a Link and Ganon thing. And the Link is 
it could be girl, guy, it doesn't matter, race, gender, it doesn't matter. They just, they're reincarnated into whatever that cool. person is. So you start at the game and you have a dung beetle that's kind of like uh, the Navi in this game, which is like a ghost that's floating around. It's called Puku. It's like puke. Fitting. But uh, he's kind of, you, you wake up and you play this girl. He leads you into town. And it's like, all right, this is 100 years, so Mormo's back and you have to stop her again. Right. And he's like, get the sword. And you get the sword and you, you get the bombs and the arrows and... You go know. on this is my kind of game and you go up there and she's like okay you know you know, you have to fight more but it's just better if I show you so you go over there and you, and you go into this uh, tower and you you beat the monsters and it opens up the door and you go in there and it's very uh, reminiscent of um, the original Zelda game where you have room by room and you have different traps and yeah. puzzles you gotta solve to move into the next room and yeah. so you get to Mormo which is kind of like that version of uh, Ganon okay. and um and it's like, yeah, I'm tired of doing this shit, and it just straight kills your character. And then, <laughs> really? Yeah, it's like, let me just try this, and it just kills it instantly. And so the the Puku guy's like, he fucked up. So you have to wait a hundred years for the next sword or ditto to be reincarnated. And that time, Mormo's been ruling the island for a hundred years. Oh my god! Make it decimating and making it all that stuff. And there's like a lot of callbacks to the link to the past in there, where you got to go to the cemetery and get the sword. And there's a cemetery in there with the church, and it's it's pretty good. I like it. It. Uh, it, it I've been wanting to play some classic uh, Zelda, and this is definitely scratching the itch. And they got a free update coming up pretty soon. But it, yeah, it's been on my radar for a while, and I've been wanting to play it. And it's like, yeah, I can get behind this. This is good. So one, when, get, one gigabyte, I'm downloading right now. <laughs> so when you get in there, and you, you get the reincarnated person, which is a guy, and he wakes up in the bed, kind of like Link to the Past did when the Link during the rainstorm. My uncle. Yeah, Where's almost uncle? almost like that. Somebody Puku's getting him up, but um. He gets up there and you have to go and you talk to the old man. It's like the old man. There's an old man that's over like uh, the sword. They call it the sword museum. The ditto that kind of describes the ancestors throughout the year. And it's like, yeah, yeah you, he gives a puku heart. Like, you totally fucked up with the last one. So listen, at least you got him here this time, so I can tell him what's going just, on. People are dying and they're just yeah. like making a mockery of it. And that character is probably going to die too, right? Whoever this next one is. We'll see. Um, but it does go. You go talk to him and he starts telling you, you have to kill the four anchors to get to Mormo this time. So the four anchors is like the four guardians. So and then it tells hell yes, yeah. All right, I'm so, playing this this week. This, so, should, this should just go ahead and, and be our game club game. And then there is an option to just bo- bypass the anchors and go straight to Mormo and be to just kind of like that. Just like Breath, uh, of, the Breath of the Wild, yeah. 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 So uh, huh. I'm digging it. I'm, I'm going there. I think I played that oh, more than yeah. I played Days Gone. I kept going back to Started It. I was like, I like in this old school Zelda. Hell film, yeah. Because I, I wanted that. It's a, it plays the same way with moving around and can you yeah, cut, up, can and you you cut bushes for Yeah, coins? cut bushes and you get coins that come out. Yeah, it's it is a fucking Zelda ass game. Downloading bitches. Yeah, if you, if you want to wait, you don't play it on there. I think it comes on Switch May second next nope. week. I already got a copy. <laughs> it's already paid for, as it were. There you go. Yeah, it's free yep. with uh, tw- uh with Prime. So God bless Twitch Prime. Yeah, I fired it up and I was like, I've been wanting it for a while. Ten dollars is my buy price. It's so. been on my radar. I keep seeing it yeah. mentioned and that kind of thing. Yeah, same here. As soon as it came, I was like, oh, I want this, but I was like, I'll wait until it drops. So right. and it did, and I, and I bought it. Very cool. Sort of ditto. You sold me, sir. Well done. Game of the show so far. What else have you been playing? Uh, I don't speak German. Trudabuk? Yeah, it's... Ru- Russell probably would have knocked it out of the box, but it's Trudabuk? Trudabuk? I don't know. Trudabuk. Yeah. I bought it on a whim because I like the way it looks and plays. It's an adventure game um, where it's one of those click-and-point adventure type games. Uh, it, but the animation-wise, it's like a fucking claymation. It's, it moves very clean. Um, it does play, play, take place in Germany. I didn't play long, but uh, I, I do like the graphic style on there, and I do like adventure games, so I went and bought it. I did want to mention it. it oh, man, cool. this graphic style is something else. 
Well, look at that. Assassin's yeah. Creed Odyssey. And Splatoon 2. <laughs> that looks awesome. Yeah, it's fucking like Claymation just walking around, and it's fully voice acted, and it's very interesting. So you're... you're Beginning scene I pulled up in the broken down gas station. You see the stars in the sky, and it looks very, very good. Looks like it came from Kickstarter. It possibly. What are you playing this on? I didn't hear. Uh, I, I got it on Switch. I got it on PS4. Okay. I think it's cheaper if you buy it digitally, but I bought uh, physical copies. So. Okay. Um, Was that a limited run thing or something? Negative. You can buy it on Amazon. I think they're like thirty nine bucks. Uh, Trooper book. Trooper book. Trooper book. This might be the first Trooper one. Trooper book. So I don't know. I can't really go into detail of what's going on, but I know I just came up there and it shows you. And the the gas station kind of gets you through the mechanics where you go out there and you have a, like a magnifying glass and you sit there and you search. And it's like oh, and you hear commentary like oh, this must be a nice machine for blah, 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 blah. And so at the beginning games you have to get gasoline and you have to get cool down your engine. So you're going in there and you're trying to find a way to break into the gas station, turn on the pumps, and then once you do that, you have to fill up your motorcycle. Then you had to go in there and figure out a way to cool it down. So you had to get a cup and then melt the ice machine outside. So you have to unplug it from oh, the inside God. and it melts. I would you, watch you play, but this is not the game for me. You pick up the water and you pour it on the, the the motorcycle. It's cool. You get in, you start off, and it goes, and it starts the game. You get the credits after that. Right. So uh, that's about as much time as I put into it, but it's, it's interesting. I'm just not good at these adventure games. But the style and everything is gorgeous. That's what sold me was the style because it is it looks very claymation. It looks like it's a German game. It is. It looks like um, like Fantastic Mr. Fox or something. Yep. It is in that realm. Yep. I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. Awesome. Cluster Beautiful Cluster. game. This is honestly my favorite thing about the podcast is discovering new stuff like this and hearing something I didn't know about. Truberbrook. T-R-U with a umlaut. B-E-R-B-R-O-O-K. The Mystery Graphic Adventure. Come and visit Truberbrook for a perfect summer vacation. So do you know where the story's going to go? Is there any kind of overarching context? I haven't gotten to... that far yet. I'll, I'll keep playing it on there. I just wanted to uh, power it up and just get an impression on there and talk about it a little bit because I know that's something that it might not be on a lot of people's radars. And I do like the graphical style. That's what originally sold me on it. After I saw it, it's like, yeah, I'm buying this. I don't care what it's fucking about. I didn't even know it was an, uh, an adventure game until I fired up. I was like, oh, hell yeah, I love adventure games. So that was a like point a and ones. click claymation yeah. adventure. That's awesome. Which will hopefully probably come free at some point on PC. The game is built as a sort of science fiction procedural. Think the X-Files or Twin Peaks with a hefty dose of rural Germany set during the 60s. I love Twin Peaks, so... The biggest nod to Germany comes in the all-day buffet of warmed-over appetizers at the local hotel. Have you been there? Nope. That's <laughs> where I'm driving to right Spoilers. now. Yeah. Oh, God. The hotel's where we were at on... Uh, what's that game we were playing? That adventure game? We just stuck, we stayed at the hotel. Oh, God. This, it was Siberia. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that game. Oh, God, that was not fun. That was the scene I was at. That looks like they're filming it. This is from Polygon. What's truly remarkable about Trooperbrook is its lighting. Physical sets were photographed in a number of different settings, each one made to simulate a different time of day or season of the year. Light sources come from both off and on screen. That's great. This looks really cool. Listeners, this is hard to describe on podcast, but check this out for sure. Trooperbrook. That's awesome, sir. All right, you're two for two this show. What else you got? Last one is um, <laughs> my most played game of this week, believe it or not. Oh, God, Trails. Give trails us a, Give us a brief summary of Trails. So uh, last I left, uh, I don't even remember where last I left, but I'm in the third chapter. I just finished it up. I'm in the end game right now. Hint, hint. Uh, how, long, how long is it the end game segment? Um, I'm 30 hour, 32 hours into it. I probably got another 10 and I'm finally done. So all that's changed is I went to the city of uh, Ruan, which... You're just going through as the bracer for Estelle and Joshua, and you're just trying to become a senior bracer. So you go into every branch, and there's five branches inside that uh, nation of Libero. 
I need to find out a way to pronounce that properly. It sounds, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> outside of that. So this is the first one where I've met a mayor of that, that city that was actually corrupt. So it, it actually burned down an orphanage. So they were trying to build voca vacation homes for that area and sell them for money. And so they stopped it. So that was the first time I've, uh, those characters went into like, corrupt politicians. There's not really an overarching theme so far yeah. outside of there. Um, outside of they're still looking for their father. Um, and try to figure out what happened to him. They did have a... Um, and now I'm into the next area, which is like kind of like their area where it's like a industrial city where they all the latest and greatest has been built. Like they have escalators. They don't have escalators anywhere else, elevators and stuff like that. And yeah. so now we're trying to... There is a box where they run these orbits. Um, there's one that they don't know what it's made from, and they, it was given to their father to entrust it to somebody. They found that professor, and he's researching it now, so that's where I'm at right now. Cool. Um, that's it's all. fun that there's these vignettes everywhere that keep it going. Yeah, I mean, each city is different, um, and you still have the overarching major story, Just which is them trying to find their father. father, yeah. So what, what, mentioning these vignettes brought this to mind, like something like Dragon Quest Seven. what about this game keeps you going versus like a Dragon Quest Seven where you have all those self-contained stories with the islands and putting it together. Like you made it way further than I did, but I was still like, ah. I, I could see where they were going. I see how great it was. And it sounds similar to what you're playing. Mm -hmm. So what would you say would be the major difference between? This one I think is just because uh, this is the first type of game I've ever played. Y'all played Elder Scrolls, so y'all know how it interconnects. I don't, but this is the first one I've ever seen that cross-generational gameplay-wise that has an overarching story that makes references to past games before. And then this is what it kind of gets me excited about. Gotcha. It's not direct, but then again, I, I like comic books. I like comic movies. I like movies that make references right. before and makes... This lore like, and this world building. Like homages to it. It may not be all in its face about it, but like, oh, if you... Like, when I played Trails and in, in, uh, in Coast Steel, they mentioned Cassius Bright. I knew instantly who they were talking about because I yeah. remember that in Trails in the Sky. So, I mean, it's just it's stuff in there. They drop subtle hints in there. And from what I've read, that uh, Trails of Coast Steel 2 kind of just goes into more of collecting the story from the first series of the game to this series of the game. Right. It has piqued my interest. Very cool. Um, I don't know, like, you, the, to answer your question, I don't know if I've gotten to the point where I'm burned out yet. We'll see when I get to the second chapter. I know playing a lot of the same thing over and over again is kind of like just playing one long game, and it it can drain you, kind of like the whole Kingdom Hearts thing did for me. Or so. Dragon Quest. Right. Which is weird because it's only one game, but, yeah. It, uh, I don't know. I Don't feel bad. I think I put 20 hours into Dragon Quest Seven, and I just stopped that. I think it was that. like 10 into it. Yeah. Because I was at the Fire Festival. Michael will know where that's at. I've passed the Fire Festival, mm -hmm. and I went to like that poison world or whatever it was or something like that poison timeline i've already lost one of the main characters for good oh shit so um i put i mean i was going around on it for a while and then yeah. i'm like you have fell off at some point where i'm like I, I don't know what it is it's interesting but it might just be it's too much i don't know could be i don't know i was it might be maybe it's different if i started from the beginning and played the series that way and like oh okay i see how it evolves and i can see how this is different how it makes it unique i just don't the know the appreciation that michael has yeah, yeah, that's probably what it is. I don't know. He can probably answer to that. So we'll see. We'll wait. For Michael, send in your thoughts on Dragon Quest uh, Seven lore versus Trail series lore. Yeah, we'll read them anxiously on the next podcast. Hopefully, you're with us next podcast. Hopefully, we are glad that you had to be away from us this weekend. In all regards, indubitably. <laughs> what else, sir? Is that it? Is that that's right it, man. Up? It's your turn. Tag Sweet. you and tag you're in. Sweet. I have not played a lot. Um, I think the one I'm going to focus on more is kind of a story behind it. Uh, I'm always game hunting. I'm raiding thrift stores and Goodwills and such trying to find stuff. Um, I stumbled upon a Game Boy Advance, and 
I've got five GBAs. I don't need a GBA. But part of like what I do when I'm when I'm hunting is I'll look and see if there's a game included. I'll check it out and see if something's. I've gotten like a GameCube was ten bucks and there were Smash Brothers inside of it, so it's kind of a no-brainer. First off, you're probably going to get another controller and some more cables along with the GameCube, but then you get that game that's worth way more than that. So mm. I see the GBA hanging up there. It's a it's a Glacier. I think it was called Glacier. It's the bluish tinted GBA. So it's mm. not an SP. It's the original no backlit uh, vertical or horizontal. The original one. Yep. yep. The I think they call it the AGS 100. That might be the the SP is 100. I'll look it up. Send your corrections to nopodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, the Arctic in that version. You have the Arctic one, the white one? Because I know you went all in on GBA when it came out. I bought the whole launch lineup. You got all of them. Castlevania, Konami, mm-hmm. Crazy Carts. It's I do. A, dude, it's such a good system. I part of, bought, yeah. part of me had pushed it to the side thinking or in Super Mario Advance. Mm-hmm. Part of me pushed it to a side. Cause was I it Lady Seal was one of them? Lady Seal was a good-ass game. Mm-hmm. Um, reading articles about how poor the sound chip is and all that. So... I'll get to that at some point. Uh, so I see it hanging up there. I'm like, all right, let's see what condition it's in. Let's see if it's got a game in there. So I grab it. It's uh, It was 12 bucks, And I turn it around. I open up the back. It's got Super Mario Kart in it. So this is the GBA that I bought in 2002. When did it come out? It came out in fall 2001. L1. I got it that Christmas. So I did get it. I did get it. Was it fall one or I could have sworn it was like mm, like May or something like that. When I remember buying all those games was in the spring? summer. It was yeah. a spring launch. Yeah. And then GameCube came out in November. That fall, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, because they split it up. Yep. Yeah. Because Mario Kart wasn't a launch title. But I got the GBA and Mario Kart at the same time. GBAs were 90 bucks. Did you know that? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and you're right. Because I, I remember buying Mario Kart in like May or June. Yep. Like when summer started. It came out later. Yeah. So I'm thinking, what if they came out with something that was that low of a price? That played even... Those are good-ass games now. You could program for that kind of shit. Anyways, I digress. Um, it didn't have batteries. It didn't charge up. But I was like, hey, worst case scenario, I'm out Mario Kart for 12 bucks, right? I love that game. I still have a copy of it, but we could play System Link or something. You never know. So I bring it home, put batteries in it, fire it up, nothing. I'm like, ah, what happened? Clean the cartridge real good, pop it back in, nothing. No lights, no anything. I'm like, all right, I got bad batteries. Swap out the batteries, pop them in, nothing. Damn it. You know that uh, remote in there that we found that the batteries had blown up on like overnight? Mm-hmm. Battery corrosion. When I look in there, it's like painted with this green shit. There's like no way it's making any sort of contact. So I spent about 15 or 20 minutes with that same contact cleaner, mm-hmm. just working it in and out. Scrubbing it. Yep. Scrubbing it. I had a brush that I was hitting it with. Uh, there were some big chunks towards the back that I couldn't get to. I had a flathead screwdriver that I was carefully scraping it with. And the GBA is pretty cool in that it's real open right there where that battery compartment's at. So anything that you're like scraping and all that, you can just dump out real quick. So it's not anything like to get caught up and rattle around and all that kind of stuff. So I did that and I left it out overnight to make sure it was super dry, that uh, contact cleaner. Uh, got up in the morning, popped the batteries in. <sighs> Mario Kart, there it is. I'm like, yes. Great condition system. There's one small little scratch on it. But uh, if you want in on this, I was texting Michael about it. We want to get one of those backlit mods and take apart the GBA and put the glass screen and the backlight mm-hmm. mod and all that on there. Would you be interested in if we all got a kit like doing that at one time? Possibly. I think that would be a really good time. Because I actually prefer that form factor of GBA over mm-hmm. over the other one. SP? The yep. Over the SP. My hands are too big. It's like I'm sitting like this playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's fine for what it is, but that it's form factor the, of that taco one is, is awesome. It's better than the micro. Micro is super small. If you have one, there's not that many out there. I got one. I had one. It was no longer in my possession. I have the box for it. 
So that is actually my most played game. Uh, I actually had some downtime with no family on Friday night, randomly, and decided to pop in some games on the PS2. I just want to see how they looked. And I was not playing on the 480p CRT. I played on that new smaller one that I bought that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I popped in games that I knew weren't progressive scan. So I popped Ratchet and Clank in there just to see how it looked. That game is beautiful. Even the PS2 one. And it just it plays super well. I didn't play a whole lot of it just to kind of see how it looked and that kind of stuff. And it, it's gorgeous on that screen. We'll check it out if you want to take a look at it. And then um, I had been warning this game. I played it on a demo disc, Downhill Domination. It's a uh, it's like a super fast downhill. You're on a bike and you like punch and kick people and you can throw bottles at them and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's like a almost like an SSX on bikes, but it's made by the Warhawk Studio. So when I found that out, I think I saw it on like a Hidden Gems video. It might have been a Metal Jesus video, and uh, it just looked like super cool. So I, that one came in, but it's hard. It's hard as shit. I came in like last on the first one, next to last on the second one. So I just guess I got to play eight rounds before I win. Same thing with Kinetica. But it seems I have a hard time super with difficult. What Kinetica? Is that like the motorbike with um, the people? The PS2 one that they actually put on PS4. We're gonna have to take a look at some of the videos. I forgot to look at those videos from last week. We want to check out some. It was some of those Sega Genesis mini games. One of them I looked up and it was crazy as shit. The Brothers one, Brothers mm. Two. Did you see that one? Uh, no. I looked up gameplay. I have no clue what the fuck's going on. It's going to be on that import when you I get ha- I'll have it. We can play it. Yeah, but Downhill Domination was super difficult. I was like, oh, God. I, I'm going to have to do, like, a time trial or, a, like, a training course or something. This shit was tough. But this is back in the day when you got a game and it, you know, it didn't hand, it didn't hold your hand through intros and 50,000 tutorials and all that. It mm-hmm. just dropped you in. Like, I'm trying to figure out kick and punch and throw and all that. I guess i got to break out the instruction manual. That's... That's what we had back in the day. But uh, those are the two games I played. I was super excited by how good Ratchet & Clank looked. I got pretty far in that. I've played pretty far in that on PS2, PS3, Vita, and the PS4 remaster thing. And never never completed a Ratchet & Clank, despite probably 30 hours across that first game. I went through a big phase where uh, I did them all on the PS3. Can they all be beat pretty quick? You just play through them? Yeah, I think the one I did on the PS3 one was the one that's very similar to like uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Before Super Mario Galaxy came out. When they used the planets and you just you uh, jump up and go upside down and cling on them and stuff like that. Which title was that? I don't remember what it was. Because I remember they made a comment like uh, they wonder if uh, Miyamoto ever got the inspiration for Galaxy for that. And he's like, I never heard of Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> then that was his response. He just straight up said yeah, that? Yeah, that's he's, hilarious. Yeah, like, I never even heard of that. So. That's hilarious. That is a Miyamoto Miyamoto response. They were like, they were just doing like, they were. It was like a wonder thought. Like I hope he played it. And it's like, oh yeah, this is a cool mechanic. And he's like, I've never heard of Ratchet. He just straight shit yeah. on their game. So I never even heard of it. <laughs> that's classic. So I think because somebody had asked me, he was like, I never heard of that series. Oh god, that's good stuff. Because <laughs> he's not like a Shuhei, where you know Shuhei has all the consoles and plays everything. He's, yep. Miyamoto is very uh, focused. Oh man, there's a. I was texting you about this. There's a podcast that Ted Price from Insomniac Games. It's funny we're talking Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank. Um, it's called the Academy of Arts and Sciences Game Makers Notebook. It may be a certain. It may not be Game Makers Notebook. I'm pretty sure that's the title of it. But it's an episode. They have an episode like maybe every month or two, and they interview somebody, and they're always good interviews. Ted Price is a great. He's a great developer. First off, Spyro, Ratchet and Clank. What was their PS4 franchise? Uh, Spider-Man. So Shuhei asked him a lot about Spider-Man. Resistance. 
Um, but the, he interviewed Shuhei Yoshida, and Shuhei's been there since the beginning. And they've had a close working relationship since the beginning. So it's just a, if you've never heard a Shuhei interview, I know you have, but listeners, he's just a delight. He's such a good person for games. Mm-hmm. I put him up there with like Phil Spencer and Reggie was before Reggie was gone. I'm, I'm about ready to put Jeff Keighley in that category mm-hmm. as, as far as good for games type personal persona that's out there. Everybody's doing it. He's, he's going to be in Gamescom this year. So Yeah. He's the Gamescom uh, presenter, you know, whatever their presentation type thing is. That'll be cool. But uh, Shuhei and and Ted Price were discussing um, Insomniac starting off, or actually uh, PS1 development starting off, and it was a division within Sony. You know, Ken Kutaragi had converted that Super Nintendo sound chip team. You know, they were working on the the CD add-on for the Nintendo when Nintendo cut them out. And then he had this, you know, super sharp team put together a system to present and say, hey, we can still do this on our own. And they actually had, this is the bit from Shuhei, they actually had people in Sony, because you remember Sony ImageSoft and all that, they were like a third-party developer. Mm-hmm. They were working on 3DO titles, and they were looking at PS1 stuff that they were working on, and they were like, you're not going to make it. There's no way. This is not going to ever be a thing. And they stuck with their 3DO games. Because I know Naughty Dog and uh, like Mark Cerny and them, they came over from 3DO development. I can't remember if Insomniac did anything. Um... Yeah, but they, I need to go back and look. David they, Jeff did too, right? They cut their Jaffe. teeth on something else, and David were, Jaffe and did were brought it. over to Sony. Jaffe worked on 3DO as well. Yeah, remember he did the Mickey Mouse game. That's it. That was finally ported over to PlayStation. Yeah. Yep. yeah, but I think it was on 3DO, Sega CD, and all the other systems. Man, that, that but that interview was fascinating. I, I highly recommend listening to the whole thing. Shuhei is a, a joy just to listen to. Yeah. yeah, he loves games. Yeah, his enthusiasm is just nonstop. He's uh, another big bit on that was VR. As long as Shuhei is at is at PlayStation and it's a viable entity, I think VR is going to be included in, yeah. especially this next push, because when when they were talking about it and it was about to come out, I remember him saying that he hadn't been excited about games as much with VR since PS1 development days and trying to get that stuff off the ground. He was a big part of that push. Yeah, something that, different. Uh, a lot of people just don't know until you experience it. That's but true. A lot of people just don't experience it because of the cost and then the hassle. Because you always hear the complaints and read the complaints online. And somebody's like, eh, I'm not too sure about it. And it doesn't seem like a... Uh, I keep threatening, man. It, it, honestly, it is the hassle with me. I've just got to get my shit in order over there. Until they come up with something wireless and then we can all just pop it on. It'd be great. But then we'll that, get there one day. Then but, it's mass market. But they got to go through this to get there. So This is true. And I'm still supporting their content. I bought that Invisible Hours game yeah. last week. So I'm still there supporting too. Might not be playing, but I'm buying them. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Yeah. Oh, that's all I've played, and that's all i got to touch on. Anything else you want to throw in there last minute? No, that'll be it for me. We may have. We tried to stream some NFL Blitz last week, and despite two amazing, amazing games, uh, our recording was garbage, and our Twitch stream was garbage. So if you mm-hmm. listen to that or watch that, we're sorry about the uh, the quality. It's like a bad episode of the Twilight Zone. Whew. It was like two quarters having sex with each other for 45 minutes. That's actually pretty accurate. Yes, it, like it was. Yeah. It did sound like that. So uh, we, we apologize for that god-awful. It will not go on YouTube. We're sorry it was on Twitch. We tested everything right before we went live, and it was fine. And We were getting feedback. Thank you, listeners, that did view it. And mm. we didn't quite comprehend the level of noise that was uh, that was being alluded to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I have a Yeti mic. We'll have to bring that over and see if that will resolve a lot of that issues. We got- we're also going to try cutting out that 15-year-old capture card and going through a, uh, an AV receiver proper to try to get an HDMI mm-hmm. signal. So I may tinker with that when you... After you split tonight, it's getting kind of late. Mm-hmm. Ready to get out of here, sir? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us again for episode 60. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Adios.
that? <laughs> What's it actually getting there? Mic test, mic test. See if you can take something. Something. something.